Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. And some guests of the show receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Pleased to be joined in studio by Darren Baumgartner. Darren, uh, an advocate. Uh, are you directly involved with the Cross Cancer Institute, or is you're just somebody that sort of advocates as the go-between here? Well, actually, I'm the co-chairman, along with Peter Wilkes and Guy Mercero, of the 31st annual day of golf, Glenn Anderson's 31st annual day of golf. And we're also part of a a new foundation called Cure Cancer Foundation. So that's my involvement. And we fund, our funds go directly to the cross. I see. Okay. So 31st annual Glenn Anderson Day of Golf. Just give me a little bit of background on the event. What does it entail? You know, who kind of comes out? Are the oh, pub- yeah. Is the public involved at all? Yeah. Well, I mean, 31 years ago, Glenn Anderson was looking for a charity and Cal Nichols, Doug Cummings. So there's some folks behind them. And Glenn said, hey, for every th- goal I score, I'll give you $1,000 to the cross. And uh, that was the start of it. And Glenn's been involved ever since. And uh, we're very, very proud to say we've, you know, we're approaching $16 million we've raised uh, for the Cross Cancer Institute, research, diagnosis, patient care. It's a big part of uh, our community. It's a big part of our personal connection with our family, friends, co-workers. I mean, cancer is a very difficult thing to go through, and they need a lot of support. And Glenn recognizes that, and Cal back in the day and his team recognized it, and we carry on the tradition. So the Oilers and, and, and what they do for the community, oh. uh, being from BC and, and oh, seeing yeah. what uh, what the Canucks have and Canucks place, and I think just because they've got that title, there's some recognition there. But here in Edmonton, there's no drop-off in terms of what the Oilers do in this no. community, minus that. No, you know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Natalie Minkler at the foundation... Uh, the leadership over at the Oilers organization, they have been so supportive. Uh, Barry Stafford was the alumni manager for years. You know, we've, we have formed a bond with them because of their contribution. We've been able to raise millions of dollars. And these players come out 
They, you know, they're not paid. This year, Grant Fuhr's joining us. He's coming up from Palm Springs. Marty McSorley's coming in from L.A. Uh, of course, uh, Glenn is here on a regular basis here in Evanston. And many, many others. Uh, we've had Doug Hicks, uh, Ke- you know, Ronnie Lowe, Kevin Primo. We have got all kinds of Craig Simpson. They come out, they support it, and, and we make our way through to, to raising the money because of it. So how is the money raised? Just give me a little bit of information on what the day actually looks like. And this is taking place on Thursday, correct? Yeah, Thursday at the Derrick. Uh, and there's two parts to it. The first part is, so throughout the year, we have what we call companion events. Uh, the Reese Cattle Company Bull Sale gives us some money from their sale. We have uh, uh, the Rick and John Rogers Golf Tournament gives us money. We have a number of different events that happen throughout the year. And they take their money and they pass it on to us for the tourney. But then we also sell spots in the tournament. And the companies, the, the local businesses that support us, uh, to play in the tournament, they pay $3,000 per person. Wow. Yeah. And that's how we get to the number. I mean, it is definitely uh, a substantial amount of money, but all that money goes into the charity fund. And and then that day, of course, we have a, a live auction and a cash call, and we have identified very specific items at the cross that we need uh, for to help patients. So for example, this year, there's a new technology out that's really helping patients, helping us treat patients with radiation in a very targeted way. So we're going to run a 30 patient trial and we're going to, at our tournament, ask people to step up and give us money. We need to raise about, I think it's $100,000. And in the past, we've done anywhere from 500000 to a million dollars that day in total donations through our different initiatives. This year's kind of interesting though. We're kicking off something very cool. The night before, a companion event was started. And this year it's called the Toast to Barry Stafford. And uh, you've probably heard about it through the, through the rumblings in the Euler world. Glenn Sather's coming up. A uh, number of Oilers alumni are joining us. It's a private function. We, we were going to take it to the public, but it's sold out so fast. A few business people found out and went, they bought all the tickets. And they went, <laughs> and we're like, well, this is a good deal. So we're going to keep doing that year after year. Yeah, and, and certainly um, Glenn Sather is one of those people who when just oh. a highly desirable hockey yeah. mind to pick under any set of circumstances. Now, uh, we're chatting with Darren Baumgartner right now. We're talking about the 31st annual Glenn Anderson Day of Golf. And for you, this did this get a little bit personal uh, on some level with you? I understand you had a, a, at least a scare in terms yeah, of... Yeah, I had a scare. You know, mine was, it was just, it was minor, but it was, at the end of the day, I woke up, uh, I wasn't feeling well, I fell on the floor, all that kind of good stuff, and, and my doctor said, hey, it could be one of a couple of things, and, and for a while there, I thought, hey, this could be colon cancer. I was pretty scared. It was a bit of a day of reckoning, but, you know, it got personal for me, when I was a young boy, I was about 10 or 11, and my niece was 20 months old, and she died of breast cancer. And uh, ever since then, it's been very close to my heart. And when a friend of mine, uh, John Kopeck, asked me to jump on the committee, um, I didn't really know what I was in for. And then Guy Mercero and myself and Peter Wilkes, we all jumped on board and became co-chairman. We have an amazing committee of people. Uh, Brendan Connolly from Ruth Chris is one of them. You you know Darren Stuckey over at Kiera. Uh, 
there's just so many on our committee that have contributed, the folks at Chemco, and and uh, th- there's a whole bunch of people. This is very close to them, so they've made it a point to raise this money. And and with that all being said, I mean, what does it mean to you to be able to do this year after year after year and raise? This is not small amounts of money. This is incredible amounts of money. Yeah, you know, and and we have partners in this uh, that make it pretty easy for us, Alberta Health and and University of Alberta, but. It feels very rewarding when you end at the end of the night and we present those checks uh, to David Dyer and Matthew Parliament who run the cross and the researchers there and we see the patients in the room that have that have gone through it. Our largest donor uh, went through prostate cancer and uh, and is just absolutely totally committed to, to raise and helping us raise that money. It, it gets pretty personal pretty fast. So for those listening right now, Darren, that might want to contribute to this cause, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, well, the first thing they can do is uh, curecancerfoundation.ca. That's a great way to find out a little bit more about the events, curecancerfoundation.ca. And both events, uh, you know, are going to be happening in 2020 as well. We'll be toasting somebody else in 2020 and and uh, another community builder in our organization or in our world, and uh, and we'll have another tournament. So that's the first place to start. Anything that we don't want to leave unsaid here before we let you go? I think the biggest thing that has really come to light, I've been involved for six, seven years, six years, I think. Um, I never recognized what an impact the Oilers have made on our community. And I think if there's one thing that that has really stuck with me is that these folks long after their career and we get current Oilers that join us as well Mm -hmm. they are still helping us build something here and I think a lot of people really need to think about that as we go forward into the world these guys help us in a big way that is is really uh, I don't think recognized enough it was certainly not with the Oilers directly, but just the camaraderie with oh. the community in the playoffs is what I'm thinking yeah. with Layla Anderson and the St. Louis Blues and how much yeah. uh, that meant to Colton Pareko to be able to yeah. have her involved with everything. So I know. It, it's it, always special to see that connection. Yeah, it's great. And Chorus, great sponsor. Chorus has been a sponsor of our tournament for years, donating to us, and uh, we very much appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thursday at the Derrick? You betcha. One o'clock, tee off. All right. That is Darren Baumgartner. Uh, appreciate you joining me in studio, Darren, and uh, we'll certainly have more information. We'll perhaps... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Even tweet out a link to that site. So if you want to get involved, we'll give you more uh, details on how to do so. 1241 here in Edmonton. We'll step aside on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. It is. 
44 in Edmonton. Glenn Anderson's 31st annual day of golf for the Cross Cancer Institute goes on Thursday. Grant Fear there co-hosting. You heard uh, Darren Baumgartner talk about Glenn Sather in town for this. Of course, the architect behind the dynasty years. And this is uh, an event or, or really a movement that has generated, as you heard, over $16 million or near $16 million for uh, research, equipment, etc. You can check out more details, and that is at uh, curecancerfoundation.ca. So we're we're talking Oilers prospects, and we're getting kind of a blend of of messages here at 630-630. Don't forget, you can call in with your opinions as well, 780-496-0063. KDK is texted in to say, anyone who has hockey sense knows that the Oilers' defense is their biggest issue, as it has been for the past 12 years. Since the team is currently expected to have one-third of their defense reporting to rookie camp in just a few weeks, can we expect a significant positive change before camp on defense, or should we just expect 271 goals against this season? Just asking so we can set our expectation for next year. KDK, KDK, KDK. They brought in Dave Tippett because Dave Tippett can put emphasis on preventing goals. They brought in guys like Marcus Granlin and Josh Archibald under the pretense that they're going to help this team prevent goals. Stability might have been objective number one this offseason for management in their hirings and their player acquisitions, but to me, goal prevention was number two. You look up and down the roster and tell me where they wanted to make an ad in terms of goal scoring. They did a little bit, but I think the real focus, and if you want to talk about anyone who has a hockey sense, well, look at the roster construction right now and what they've done. Anyone who has a hockey sense should be able to tell that they're putting emphasis on not allowing as many goals. And we'll get into that with Dave Tippett at 105 here. He talked, uh, I believe, at length about that in his interview with Bob Stoffer from a little while back. There you go. Dan in Okotoks says, At the draft, I heard that Michael Dell Call from the Islanders was available, but I don't want to lose Yessi. What do you think about trading for Dell Call? He doesn't really excite me. Here's another guy, and I don't know how much stock you put into being glossed over by the Hockey Canada program. I know sometimes that can be circumstantial, but he's really never proven anything at all to me so I I don't see you know I guess the pedigree is there in terms of how high he was taken similar to Yessi but it just doesn't do it for me I'd rather see them get somebody more NHL ready perhaps somebody more ready to fill the third line center role for example Peggy is texted in to say Yamamoto could still be a great draft pick each preseason he scored like crazy and had the energy of Bianca Andrescu let's pause for a moment we're going to talk a little bit more about this with Reed Wilkins but Bianca Andrescu the first woman in 50 years to take down the Rogers Cup on home soil here in Canada impressive stuff I know she did it and there's going to be an asterisk in the minds of quite a few people there and, and perhaps mine, but she had to get to the finals in order to win when Serena wasn't able to continue. So we'll talk more about the uprising of Canadian athletes at 135. Can Tippett, Granlund, or Archibald make a, gra- a breakout pass or transition the puck? Uh, all right. 
that's how it's going to be today. That's why guys like Joel Person were signed. Under the impression that, and it might not happen right away, but the potential there to be puck-moving defensemen can be as cynical as we'd like. <laughs> Ultimately, it's going to unfold. And Believe me, I understand why everybody's so cynical. I get it. But give it a chance. This is a new regime. This is a, a roster that's been tinkered with about as much as it could, given the cap space that was left over. I would dare you to argue me on that one at 6.30, 6.30. But if you don't know this by now, I'd rather try and look at things from a bit of a positive light because it's real easy to anonymously text in and air your grievances. But we're talking about who you think has the highest potential on the Oilers roster on the prospect system. So let's go back down the list. Of course, everybody knows that Evan Bouchard, in all likelihood, I mean, we'll see how he fares another say half season in the AHL probably won't be a bad thing but if he's ready to go don't cap him just because he's young I'll sing that from the tops of the roof for as long as I need to and I believe the same of any of these guys if Caleb Jones is ready to go to camp just because he's young don't make that the reason you didn't bring him up if he's ready to go as some textures are suggesting I think he's one of the better options in terms of making outlet passes in terms of being able to move the puck up from the back end so if he can get it done in camp, in preseason, first few games, keep him there. Why not? Evan Bouchard is the, is the exact same thing. It's, it's about not corrupting the development, but if the v- development's not going to be corrupted, and this is player to player to player across the league, it's not like every 19-year-old that comes up is, is a disaster. So give it a chance. Tyler Benson comes in at number three on this list at NHL.com. Again, the 32nd pick of the 2016 NHL draft. And and this is a guy who I could see penciled into a role. He might end up being the third or even second line left wing. I don't know. It's possible. We don't know what he's going to look like at the NHL level when healthy. Now, he probably is going to have to, to work on skating, as all young players do. This is a very quick league. you got to be able to keep up. And, and again, with respect to talking about how this team needs to improve on its own zone, to me, that's got to be the first thing that you're looking at with these prospects. Number one. Can they handle it mentally? And number two, how bad are they going to hurt you in your own zone? There was struggles by even guys like Leon Dreisaitl, and I don't want to rag on him, but there was just a plethora of times in that last season where they couldn't get the puck out of their own end. There was a few players that were guilty of it, and that, that's that got to change. The goal prevention, to me, will slow down or, or increase, I guess, in terms of keeping the puck out of your own net. If you can move the puck out of your own end, and that's that's not exclusive to the defenseman. The forwards have to be able to win the, the board battles, get it out at the blue line, that sort of thing. So that's where I think Tyler Benson might have some more room for seasoning to the pro game. He's missed a lot of hockey over the course of his career, but... In terms of what he was able to do last year in Bakersfield, he certainly flashed like he could make the jump this year. And I don't want to say that it could be forced or necessitated if if Joe Kim Negard is not what this team envisions. There's a lot of teams in on Joe Kim Negard, so we'll keep an eye on Benson. I really, for those who are thinking that perhaps he's in line for that third line center role, I don't know about that. 
Callan Reddeer says, uh, I like the way that Curry played at the end of last season for the Oilers. He finished checks, takes a hit to make a play. He's a dark horse in the poker system. He's certainly a great depth guy. I, I like him and not really a prospect anymore. He should be turning 27 in this next calendar year. So uh, we might already know what he is based on what we saw when he was in the lineup. But yeah, an energy guy. Absolutely. I've got time for Josh Curry. I Personally, I don't see him making this team out of camp, but I've got time. Another texter in uh, in Calgary here says, Benson was an absolute steal for us at the draft because of his injury history. I think he's potentially our highest offensive prospect. I think Bouchard and Broberg are the best defensive prospects. Absolutely. I, I tend to agree with that. You wonder where Benson would have gone had injuries not plagued his career, his minor league career with the Vancouver Giants. Any chance that fans could see Yessa Pugliarvi and Chris Russell traded for next to nothing in order to sign Matthew Kachuk or is that a pipe dream wonders Dudley there's just there's no way <laughs> there's unfortunately and hey I think everybody would like to see what Matthew Kachuk could do in this in this kind of uniform but there, his once we see the free agent money or the restricted free agent money I think we're gonna understand why that was never really a possibility it, they're gonna get paid seven million dollars each of these guys I'm looking at thinking if they if they get less than about six million dollars and we're talking guys like Braden Point Kyle Connor Patrick Laine Zach Wierenski and Columbus is unsigned on the back end like it is an unbelievably talented crop of restricted free agents just I I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here but you've got to understand that there's just no way that the Oilers could put that on a payroll and if you think a team is going to trade the negotiating rights to one of their free agents for a guy like Chris Russell uh, come on man couple people asking about the goaltending staff and goaltending prospects. I do want to get a little bit more in-depth on this uh, a little later in the week when I've had a chance to sort of dig into the numbers and that sort of thing. But they've done a really good job of stocking the shelves generally with the prospects, but the goaltending depth right now may be better than it's ever been. And on draft day, I'm sitting there scratching my head thinking, why do they keep spending high capital on these guys? But in reality, if you keep stockpiling these assets, somebody's going to pan out, whether it's Stuart Skinner, whether it's Dylan Wells, whether it's Olivier Rodrigue, whether it's now the the young Russian goaltender who's going to be playing in the KHL under Craig McTavish. We'll go into more depth, but I'll say this about it. Number one, I do have, and call me crazy, and and I'm sure there's those of you out there that are going to disagree, and you can let me know at 6.30, 6.30, but I think the tandem that they have right now is going to be adequate to get them through this season because Miko Koskinen flashed big time when he wasn't getting run into the ground. I'd like to think he spent quite a bit of time on the glove hand this summer. And then we don't have to worry about a guy like Shane Sturette being rushed to the pros. Goaltenders are the most fickle of prospects. And those smart hockey fans will know that. It's it's a gamble. It's a roll of the dice. It's a crapshoot as to how these guys are going to pan out and when. Mackenzie Blackwood was an absolute afterthought to me after he spent... He was Canada's goaltender for the World Juniors. And then you look at a guy like Zach Fucali who seemed like, for all intents and purposes, a, a can't miss... And he's he's really a nobody now, so <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the development path, it's a very interesting one to follow. I, I do have faith in what they've got with uh, Sylvain Rodrigue and, and the goaltending coach and the system there. And Olivier, in all likelihood, is going to be 
on Team Canada's World Junior Team against. So you're talking about one of the best prospects in the country as part of the Oilers' farm system. It could be in a lot worse shape. But again, I go back to this. I think Mike Smith can stem Miko Koskinen enough times out of the year. I think they get that split going as most of the successful teams over the last little while have. You don't often see that workhorse anymore. I do like Sturette as an emergency option. Absolutely. And frankly, we're probably going to see a goaltender go down at some point. Sturette's probably going to get a, a little bit of a look here. And he showed well. Another guy just like Bouchard that seems to be very composed, very level-headed, seems to take things in stride. And even when he started to have his his role dwindle in the playoffs, as I do recall, of the, uh, the Bakersfield's playoff run, didn't seem to ruffle his feathers. I didn't get that impression at all from Shane Starrett. So excited to see what the young American might bring if needed. But I like what they've got going on, given what they had to work with right now in terms of Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. Creeping up on 12.58 here in Edmonton. Still to come, an extensive interview Bob had with head coach of the Oilers, Dave Tippett. And this is going to answer some of your questions. If you missed this from a, a couple of weeks back, this will answer some of your questions on deployment of players, on people's roles, on keeping the puck out of the Oilers' net, etc., etc. We'll run that, and then at 1.35, we'll check in with Reed Wilkins. We'll go around the sporting world. The Eskimos victorious on home turf once again. We'll get his thoughts on that, on Andrescu's win at the Rogers Cup, and we'll talk to Reed about some Oilers' prospects as well. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.